what are you sipping on? Emma, I did not notice. <laughs> Does this change this things? This is hilarious. <laughs> oh my god, this chick is back again. <laughs> All the sips. <laughs> All the sips for sip talk. Oh my gosh, I love it. Hello. Good day. <laughs> <laughs> How are, How are we are doing you? today? <laughs> That's a very formal. I liked it. Good day. Good day. <laughs> what it's are you sipping day. on? <laughs> Ooh, okay. Uh, just a sparkling water here. It's a lemon sparkling water with some ice. Nothing too fancy. Ooh. What about you? What are you sipping on? Oh my God. I'm all coffee today. I was like, nice. I should get something more fancy for this. And then I was like, oh my God, I just want a coffee. That's all I want in life right now. In a Central Perk mug to boot oh my gosh yeah. did you get that in new york you know what just now just like when you went no look at if you look at the other side it says the one the one where maddie needs more coffee personally did Steph make you that <laughs> she did <laughs> she did you, know, you called it <laughs> okay stephanie is the best uh gift giver so good yeah she she's she's a crafty one so yeah she made that for me <laughs> i wish everyone could see that it's an amazing friend central perk mug with the one where maddie drinks coffee is that what it said the one where maddie needs more coffee and it's in like a friend's font <laughs> so good <gasps> what's your sober win my sober win this week is just getting through a really challenging last couple weeks of my job and doing mm-hmm. it all sober uh it's been very very, very busy, very long days trying to get wrapped up and making sure that the transition for the new person is seamless and that no loose ends are, or all all loose ends are tied up. So that would normally be a week where I'd go, "Mm, I think I want a glass of wine and didn't need that. Instead, I just went for walks with my dog and my partner and slept and was easy on myself. And that was everything that I needed in those moments. I love that. No alcohol needed. Right? Was work stress always a big trigger for you? Because it definitely was for me. I would say at the end of the week, it was like, Mm -hmm. if I had a stressful week, I was always looking forward to the weekend. But I wasn't someone that had drinks in the evenings after work. Uh, Generally speaking, it did happen here and there for sure. But it wasn't something I, I looked to, especially because I lived by myself for eight years. And so unless I was going over to a friend's house or, or, uh, again, looking towards the weekend, it wasn't something that I really got. Also, I will say, because if I had wine or if I had alcohol at home, I would drink it. So I just didn't have it. Mm. I just tried not, you know, not to, cause I, it was easier for me to just not even think about it. Yeah. What was your sober win of the week? Okay, so my sober win, um, last night I saw my best friend from high school who just got engaged, um, and she asked me to be uh, her maid of honor. And the reason this is a sober win, yeah, the reason this is a sober win is because I'm just so glad to know that I'm actually going to be able to like show up for her the way that she deserves for me to and to show up and be fully present for everything like along just along all of this for her. Um, And the last time I was in a wedding was actually with her with our other friend from high school. Um, And I blacked out at that wedding. I don't remember a lot of it. And I felt so guilty about that. Like I was like, oh, that's just – like she asked me to 
be in her wedding, which is like an honor. And I just got so drunk and I felt bad about that and obviously wasn't proud of it. Even last night when we were talking about wedding plans, um, I was like, we're just kind of going over everything. I was like, what about cake? What about this? And then I was like, did I eat cake at her wedding? Like, I I don't remember. Um, literally. So yeah, I'm just, I just feel glad to be able to, to properly show up for her through this. So that's my sober win. And like last night we would have been, I would have been like popping bottles, like excuse to drink and celebrate. Um, not, not now. Way to go. That is so Mm -hmm. special. Yeah. I'm really excited. That's amazing. Um, (laughs) How cool is that? Oh, gosh. Yeah. And this is, you said your first time being a, a maid of honor, too, and you'll be mm-hmm. fully present for it. I know. So beautiful. I know. Because it's a lot of responsibility so and plan- planning things. And, like, if this was in my drinking days, oh, my God, like, bachelorette, like, all that kind of stuff is just an excuse to drink. And I just feel like – I would feel like I was letting her down because I know I would always take it too far, right? So I'm glad that that's not going to be the case. Yes. Cheers to that. Cheers. That's a, also I'm, just such a considerate friend thing too, to even, you know, that's your sober one of the week. That's amazing. <laughs> You're such a good friend. Oh, sorry. I attest. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh my God. I'm really excited um, for today's episode because we are doing, we're answering some, some questions from listeners. We, we put up some question boxes on Instagram yesterday and we're, we're answering your questions today. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So I got one. I got a DM because the question, she said my question doesn't fit in the box. Whenever I go out with friends and stay up late to keep up with them, I end up feeling terrible the next morning and almost feel the same effects as being hungover, even though I obviously didn't drink any alcohol. Is this normal or is this just my body's way of saying it doesn't like being up past a certain time? I want to still be able to go out with my friends, but it doesn't seem worth it to me if I'm going to end up feeling hungover anyway, even when I'm completely sober. This is something that you and I actually sort of chatted about when you were in Toronto, because that is something that I relate to is feeling almost like I call it like a phantom hangover. If I have like a really late night out, I sometimes still will wake up feeling just like a next level exhaustion, like maybe even a little bit of a headache and just like sort of similar to a hangover, obviously not on the same level, but, and you relate to that as well, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. I I find that now that I've removed alcohol from my life, I really notice the effects of other elements to my body that that doesn't have anything to do with alcohol. And for me, a big thing that I've noticed is how important sleep is to me and Mm -hmm. a regular, a somewhat regular sleep cycle, because the times that I do go out later, like even at, at yours in Toronto, we had some late nights and I did wake up feeling super tired. And I, w- I want to say it was similar to a hangover, but it was also very different. Mm. Um, and it's just something that I can recognize a lot more clearly now, having removed alcohol. I would say that late nights are few and far between for me. And for me, they're worth it because I know that I'm waking up hangover free. But I, I definitely couldn't live the same lifestyle going out every weekend and staying up until two or three on a regular basis, but that's just mm-hmm. me now. I'm just a bit more of a home girl. Yeah. 
I feel like I think first of all, yes, it's normal. I think like you said, sleep is a big deal. And if I feel like it's probably just your body's way of reacting to throwing off your your sleep schedule. But I do think that you can have it both ways. It doesn't mean you can't go out with your friends. It just means maybe you reevaluate how late you want to be out with them and decide um, mm-hmm. how important it is to you to have the super late night versus um, like how you're going to feel tomorrow. I still think that even when you feel kind of crappy the next day after a late night, it's still not on the same scale because you at least still have the peace of mind of knowing that you aren't drinking. You don't have to worry about like you don't have to feel that hangover anxiety or feel shitty in that way. Um, but yeah, I think I think maybe just deciding, okay, maybe I reevaluate. I can still do both. I can still go out and just maybe maybe I just want to go home earlier now um, and kind of deciding like where your priorities are with that. I told my mom actually on the phone today that call me Cinderella because midnight is my new cutoff time when I go out. I'm deciding it. Is it really? Call me Cinderella and I also call me Taylor Swift. <laughs> midnight. I just was like, if I if it yes. hits midnight and I'm just kind of over it, that's when I'm gone. If I'm having a blast, then sure I'll stay out. But I'm not I'm gonna just implement this new rule that if I'm kinda like, eh, kind of done with the night when the clock strikes midnight, I'm gone. <laughs> Maybe just deciding. It. I'm the same like, way. And it's also boundaries for yourself that way. Exactly. And it doesn't mean that the the fun stops and that you're not hanging out with friends anymore. You can certainly still do that. It may not look the exact same as it did when you were drinking and partying in those different ways, but at the same time, your life is different now because you aren't mm-hmm. consuming alcohol. Mm-hmm. And it's a beautiful thing. You you know, it's a new chapter in your life. And these experiences with friends are going to be a bit different, but they're still going to be there. Yeah, you can still go out, you can just do it in a more balanced way, you can have a bit more balance in your life about it. It's just a bit of a a different, a different lifestyle shift. And and it will be something that you can get used to. Mm -hmm. And it's still beautiful and lovely and fun, just different. (laughs) Okay, Um, do you want to do the next one? Yes. Okay. Have you ever had a negative reaction to telling someone on a first date you don't drink? Hmm. I sure have. <laughs> I, you just have recently, haven't you? I um, recently. Oh, I think you're just thinking of the guy who was like, "How am I going to get you to like me if I'm not if you're not drunk?" Are you think of that guy? Oh yeah, yeah. Just just he a, was actually a bad joke really guy. fine. He was yeah, he was supportive about it. But I have had I have had bad reactions. Absolutely. We got a lot of sober dating questions, and I feel like it warrants just a whole episode on just conversation that. about it. Yeah, yeah. But um yeah. a negative reaction after telling someone on a first date. Yes. I had a guy, um, this was I think I was like close to one year sober at this point. And I matched with this guy on a dating app. And like, here's what I've learned is that even though I say on my profile that I don't drink, I think a lot of people don't actually look at that part of someone's day. Like, I think it's still just kind Mm -hmm. of expected that they almost don't check. Um, So I had matched with this guy and we were chatting and we were supposed to go out that weekend. And he texted me a couple of days before we were going to go out and he asked, what's your go-to drink? And I said, oh, I don't drink anymore. So usually just a mocktail. 
And then he goes, call me. <laughs> We'd never met. And I'm like, uh, I'm, I'm out right now. I can't. Um, like he's like, I just have a question for you. So I don't answer. I answer him in the morning and I'm, I'm like, hey, what's your question? He goes, call me. So I call this guy. How about you call me first and foremost? I think he tried don't tell me calling what to do. me and I didn't answer. <laughs> oh, okay. But still. So then. Like, excuse me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then I call him and he goes, so why don't you drink? In like the weirdest tone. And I don't I – th- I was just so thrown off. I'm like, really? You had to call me to have this conversation before even meeting me? You can't just like suss out on the date what the situation is? So I I gave a really generic answer. I don't even remember what I said. Like I just said like mm, didn't, didn't really like being hungover anymore. I didn't like how alcohol made me feel. And then he's like, okay, because, you know – I'm not an alcoholic or anything, but like, you know, I I drink and I go to parties where there's drinking and I'm like, yeah, everyone in my life drinks. That's (laughs) really, I'm really okay with it. And he goes, okay, so like, so you didn't go to rehab or anything, right? (laughs) I've never even met this guy. Oh my gosh, red flags all around. Yeah. And I literally was just like, no, I didn't go to rehab. And then I kind of just rushed off the call, blocked him on everything. And that was that. Wow, so it wasn't even a bad like reaction on the first date. It was just a bad reaction like before we even got on the date. That is so bizarre also. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but mm-hmm. hey, everybody's different. What and makes for a fun story. Yeah, and that was that in is so bizarre. Weekend. There were two there were two of those incidences in in one weekend. But you you've been what in a relationship the other one? Are, okay, are we going to tell Okay, I'll try to tell it in a short way. <laughs> So um, the other guy was a guy who I had matched with and then he really quickly invited me out like that day. And he was like, I'm going to a concert. It's like friends who are playing the show or they were playing at a bar music. He's like, do you want to come? So I was like, sure. I just thought it was kind of a fun date idea. So I go and all of his friends were there. It wasn't like – I thought it would be like a date where we kind of sit down and watch the music. All of his friends were there and they were all like getting wasted. And he obviously hadn't part of, read the part of my profile where I didn't, don't drink and then kind of asked me about it. We had a bit of a conversation about it and he kind of gave me the whole like explained his whole drinking habits when I didn't ask him. Like, you know, when they kind of justify, what well, I don't drink. I don't drink every day. I don't believe, you know. Yeah. And then one of his friends – tried to get us a round of shots and he's like she's not drinking and she goes boring <laughs> and then, oh my god very, like i just kind of i kind of laughed it off she's like wait you you're not drinking or you don't drink and i'm like i don't drink and she's like oh okay that's cool then i don't know what the difference was to her maybe she just realized it was rude um but anyways i just i just left i realized i was like i don't owe this guy anything and i'm not staying here so those were in the same weekend, for though, you. those two encounters. And I was like, it's brutal out here. Is this how it's going to be? <laughs> and it's not. Just that, to, There's been lots of really good experiences as well, but those were two doozies. Those are doozies. Oh yeah, they, I mean, there's good experiences and bad experiences if you are a drinker, too, on those um, – these are both on dating apps, you said, right? Yeah. You know yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's such a gamble, hey? Oh, my God. Such a gamble. So Jonas and I, yes, started dating and then both uh, stopped drinking together. So 
I haven't obviously been on a first date in the last three and a half, well, four years we've been together, but I have been on first date sober because during my alcohol-free months uh, ah. in my 20s, I did go on first dates without booze during those Good for those you. Times. Like to maintain and- that on a break is a big deal, I feel, because I feel like lots of people could use that as a way to be like, oh, screw it. I'll give myself a free pass on this one. So good for you. Yes. Yeah. I, I I think I was pretty, now that I think back about it, I think I was pretty serious on those months because I really mm. like to challenge myself just in life in general. Like I'm going to do this challenge or like an exercise thing or just something <laughs> healthy for my body. And I, and when I do that, I take it super seriously even now. Mm. Um, but the, the alcohol free breaks, I had one for, I believe it was a month total. And this person that I had met was actually during a drunken night, like prior to this alcohol free month, but we had decided to meet up and went for coffee. And then on our second day, we went to an escape room that was also sober. I realized that, yes, yeah. And I think I didn't have an interest. We kind of ended things there. I did get a sense that he thought it was maybe strange that I wasn't drinking, but there were no rude comments. Like he was very open to meeting without booze, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Not necessarily, uh, not necessarily a, a bad experience. It just didn't work out. Right. Yeah. Lots of sober dating questions that came in. Yeah. Okay. What else? What else is there? Someone said, um, dating when sober, do you have the discussion before, after, or during the date? So my take on this is that I always try to say it before the date just because some people, it is an issue for some people. That just is what it is. Um, And I'd rather not waste my time. I'd rather weed out the people who aren't going to be okay with it because obviously if they're not okay with it, then it's not going to work out. So I do put it on my profile And sometimes people will say like, oh, I see you don't drink, so let's do this instead or let's get a coffee or whatever. Or sometimes if they they haven't noticed it and they say, "Um, do you want to grab drinks? Then I'll use that chance to be like, yeah, for sure. I don't drink anymore, but I'm happy to grab a mocktail. And I usually make a point to say like, I don't mind you you, if you drink though. But I just think the other reason too, A, it weeds people out so that you don't waste your time, but B – it can be an awkward conversation to navigate and it just saves you from having an awkward moment on a date where you're like, they're expecting you to drink and then, and then it's like a, oh, and then you feel flustered and you kind of have like have to explain it or figure out what you're going to say about it. It just gets that out of the way. So I definitely am team put it out there. You don't have to make a thing of it, but just like find a way to kind of work it into the conversation. I agree. And it's also who you are. I mean, if you're living an alcohol-free lifestyle or you're taking a month off, that's who you're representing to this person. So again, like weed out people that don't have interest in someone who doesn't drink. Why waste your time? Honestly, just be upfront about it and, and be proud of it too, because it's a pretty cool thing that you don't drink alcohol in my humble opinion, but you know, I think <laughs> a lot of people would respect, would respect that as well. And that honesty, and you will put that energy out there to find the right person. So, so why not? It's, this actually reminds me of a story I don't know if it was a date, but I met up with a guy that I um, worked with and I was so nervous for this date or whatever it was that I drank beforehand to like loosen myself up Yeah, because I was nervous, (laughs) which, you know, like your nerve for me, my nerves, I, 
I even still, when I get nervous, I have a hard time controlling them. I just like have to breathe through them, et cetera. But back in the day, I would, I would drink before going out. And this person mm-hmm. I didn't realize was living an alcohol-free lifestyle. So when oh, I got wow. there, he was drinking mocktails and oh, alcohol-free no. beer. And here I am like keeping my buzz going. Yeah. And we didn't hang out again after that. Uh, I, I mean, we're still, you know, like we're still friendly. And I, I don't know if it was actually a date, but it's an interesting dynamic shift to see someone else in that in that position with someone who's who's drinking. But I felt very self-conscious of my decision to drink that much that night. Um, yeah. And that's the thing. And I think that's why some people are going to have an issue with it is that it just makes them uncomfortable to be the only one drinking. Even like I've been on the other side That's of right. it. Like I mentioned before, that guy who who didn't drink, who was kind of judgy with me about my drinking, I, it made me feel self-conscious and like I wanted to drink and I felt uncomfortable doing it around him, you know? So I can I, I, I kind of get it, but it's also just like it's not, it's not going to work out then and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, and why not find out from the beginning too? The communication is everything. Mm-hmm. Communication – in life is everything. If you have a miscommunication with anyone, that can take a tumble in the relationship, whether it's a friend or it's a new date or it's a, like a life partner. So being open from the get-go is is the best decision you could make in those situations because it's going to save you from uncomfortable conversations and uncomfortable situations in the future. For sure. And someone just wrote, <laughs> sober dating, exclamation mark. <laughs> so I feel like... <laughs> We can just give some general tips and thoughts on it. Why don't you yes. go first? Because I'm interested as well being in a long-term relationship and then and then getting sober during that. Like if you want to speak to like being in a sober relationship where both of you have gotten sober and you're sober together. And then obviously any thoughts just on going on dates sober too. Definitely. So the situation I'm in is, is quite different uh, in terms of me meeting the person that I'm with now we were both intoxicated. And then at the same time, we decided to get rid of alcohol. And somehow, that decision for both of us has stuck and just felt feels right as individuals. And as you know, as a unit as one um, in a partnership. And we've been able to experience so much together, in terms of new experiences, going and exploring and adventuring and enjoying concerts and going to stay at a a remote cabin somewhere and all of these things that if we were drinking, we would be drinking and doing, but instead we get to share this experience of a sober experience, I guess, together. Pretty powerful. And there are so many things that we can do without booze. I mean, you can do literally anything that you did with booze without. It's just getting in that habit and getting comfortable and it's quite nice to have someone to to be able to experience those exact feelings with someone who like completely gets it because at concerts we're surrounded by people who are drinking we're we're surrounded by you know lineups for the boot oh my gosh this actually reminds me uh we went to Tom Segura uh a couple of months ago and so at this venue that we went to there were so many massive lines for booze and we just wanted water and like maybe a pop but this venue didn't have like separate lines for both so we were waiting Mm. in these lines with people that wanted booze and it was a funny thing because as we got to the front of the line they were running out of alcohol 
And all of these people around us were like freaking out. They're like, no, you're, you're almost out of booze. And I was starting to get this feeling. I really absorbed people's energy around me. So I was starting to get this feeling of like, oh my gosh. And then realize, oh, wait a second. I don't need to feel panicked because I'm not, I'm not drinking. Please just don't run out of water and diet Coke because that's what we're here for. And a funny thing of that night is that they charged us for beer instead of water, which was three times the price. So we ended up holding the line for 25 minutes because we wanted a refund. I mean, we had waited in this line with people that were going to get booze and we were there for water and ended up getting charged for the booze. And for some reason, it wasn't an easy fix. So in that moment, we had all of these angry people behind (laughs) us as they were running out of beer, waiting for their booze. So just in that, like just in that experience, he and I could laugh about it because we're like, what can we do? Like, it's not our fault. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, having having a partner to, to share that with is, is really great. It's really fun. I what love a, that. So share some more of your, of your sober dating experiences mm-hmm. and how those have been. Yeah. From the beginning of your sobriety to now. I think firstly, overall, my top like thoughts about just kind of advice on sober dating is that it is hard to not stress about what what they think about the fact that you don't drink and just keep coming back to the fact that if someone's not okay with it, then they're not your person. And the person who's right Mm -hmm. for it is going to see it as one of the many amazing things about you. And they're going to think it's so inspiring and just like they're going to admire it. And so just like think of it as it is a really great way to weed people out. Um. So that's kind of my my top thought of like my mentality around it. Um, but yeah, I when I got sober, I was newly single. I'm m- more single than I've ever been in my entire life right now. So I'm still <laughs> very <laughs> in the dating game. But yeah, when I first quit drinking, I like sober dating was one of my biggest hangups. And I think for many people it is. I had such a romantic idea about like having drinks with a with like a partner with a guy. Um, it felt like such this like romantic bonding thing, like date nights with wine or whatever. And I I just felt like it wasn't gonna feel nearly as exciting without drinking. And I will say, when I started dating sober for the first time, it's really it sounds cheesy, but genuinely, the first like first kiss I had sober was the most romantic first kiss I've ever had in my entire life. And like, genuinely it was not the right guy. So it turned out, but it, it really was. And like that for me, I'm really grateful that that was my first experience because like, I was like, I don't remember the last time I kissed a guy for the first time, not drunk. Like you go out on dates, you're drinking and like, that's usually when things happen. So It was like a positive experience and as much as I've had negative experiences and like awkward first dates or guys kind of being dicks about the fact that I don't drink, there's equally been a lot of people who are like, that's really cool or like, wow, I'm trying to drink less too. That's awesome. And it's like so not a thing. Or I've had some people be like, oh, um, I see you don't drink. Let's go to this place. They do good mocktails. And then like don't even ask me a single question about it on the date. So – it's a mixed bag. 
some people are just going to be jerks about it, but that's dating in general, right? And mm-hmm. you can just be proud that you're – it takes courage to show up on a first date stone cold sober and just <laughs> be there being yourself without any booze. Um, and it's worth it because yeah, then you have a clear yourself. mind to – Yeah. And then you can evaluate whether this is actually the right person for you or not. Yes, it is. I think you mentioned in our last episode, isn't it funny that we as society in general, not you and I now, but Mm -hmm. we use alcohol in these situations when we're meeting someone for the first time and alcohol can be such a insinuator of having sex on the first day or Mm -hmm. doing something that you wouldn't necessarily do with a person if you were sober. And when you're meeting someone, and this is with the assumption that you're dating to find a partner for life or, or a partner for, you know, a long period of time, being sober in those moments are really going to help you decide if this is the person for you. Whereas if you were drinking, you wouldn't have that clear lens and you could put yourself in a dangerous situation or an uncomfortable situation. So why do we do that when we go out and meet another stranger for the very first time? Whether you're in public or not, I'm not suggesting something bad's going to happen. It's just you're adding a level of uncertainty and, and I don't know. I think it's a little scary. I've put myself in some really not good. Yeah. Some really not Dang. good uh, situations because of those situations. Absolutely. Especially as a woman meeting a man and then you're, you're drinking. So you're not like, you don't have your wits about you to be smart about safety necessarily. And yeah, it is, it is kind of scary to think about it that way. When I look back, I'm like, oh my God. It is. It's also, I had this sense of feeling invincible. Like when I was drinking, I would, you know, just walk around areas by myself and I'm like, I'm fine. Nothing's going to happen. Like I'm, I'm going to be fine. And I had this mentality of that, like I was invincible when I was drinking and that nothing bad was going to happen. And Kate, thank goodness, like nothing bad really ever happened. It could have been so much Mm -hmm. worse in so many of these situations. But again, you are changing your mindset and, and you're not making the best judgment. So I think that by meeting someone for the very first time, being 100% yourself and confident in that is, is super powerful and super important. Do you want to pick one? Okay. After I got sober, I started regretting some of my previous life decisions. Do you have similar experiences? If yes, how did you deal with them? Did you fix them somehow? Do you want to take this one first? Sure. Yeah. 100% I had that experience. I think it's one that most people have, honestly, when they quit drinking. And something that really struck me in my early days about this is I just remember feeling like, oh my God, I have so many feelings. Like I, I just felt overwhelmed at the the weight of feeling everything all the time. Like I just remember being like, oh my God, I miss that. Shut off. That like, it felt like hitting the easy button to just like chill out and get out of my head. And that was how I dealt with those feelings of feeling like regretful about, about things that had happened when I was drunk. Um, and I think a big thing is time. Giving yourself time to forgive yourself. It's okay to to feel regretful and to feel those feelings at first. It's normal. They're probably ones that you've been numbing a little bit with booze. Um, And first of all, if there are things that you genuinely really want to make right, apologies are necessary and you want to 
apologize. I'm not a 12 step program person, but that making amends is, is a step in the 12 steps. Um, and I think that can be a powerful one for helping to at least like help you forgive yourself maybe. But I think it's all about choosing how you're going to look at it. Of course, you're going to feel those feelings of regret and you can let yourself sit with that, but you can also choose to feel proud of yourself for changing. And like that was, you were a different person then and now you're making a different decision and don't, don't stay in that place of beating yourself up for it. Um, just choose to be like, well, I can feel proud of myself because I'm, I'm not behaving that way anymore. And I've, I'm growing and changing as a person. I love that, that mindset shift. It's mm-hmm. so powerful because it's really the way to get through those feelings of mistakes or decisions, whatever you want to call them in the past. I, I just use the word mistake, but I try not to look at them that way. These unfortunate situations that may have happened that, that cause, you know, shame or embarrassment to think back on, or just, Oh, why did I do that? It's everything to think of the present, the now, and that you are here because of every decision. And, and that's made you stronger and more resilient and has taught you the person that you want to be now and in the future. And from experience, I still look back at certain situations that make my whole body cringe. But at the end of the day, that doesn't bring me anything that just puts me in on a negative mindset because it's happened. You know, that yeah, has happened. I That's in the that... past, but we're looking forward. Mm-hmm. But I totally, this is something that I still, I still work through because mm-hmm. we don't want to feel those feelings about ourselves. We want to be proud of the people we are, but, you know, just live for the day and, and move forward and, and learn from past decisions. I truly believe that all the, you know, very uncomfortable situations I've put myself in in the past has made me the person I am today and has made me much stronger and and really taught me my my life lessons. Hopefully. um, Yeah, I mean, we got to be easy on ourselves. Again, we're all human and we all we all learn in, in different ways. And everybody makes mistakes and everybody has these regrets. I mean, nobody's nobody's perfect. There's no such thing. Right. So my mind just went to the fact that you just quoted a Hannah Montana song. Everybody makes mistakes. Yeah. <gasps> Everybody makes mistakes. And then you Everybody's, said nobody's perfect, which is the title t- of the song. <laughs> God, is Hannah Montana in the house? <laughs> Hannah. Next question. How do you deal with people thinking you're lame or got boring? Wah, wah. I, lo- I love the boring <laughs> word. <laughs> Pretty sure laying around pretty boring, just saying. Um, do you want to Agreed. take this one first? Sure. First of all, what I've come to realize in life, and I think that I came to this like aha moment in my sobriety, is that we have one life to live and we can choose who we surround ourselves by. We can choose the minds that, that we move through life with. And if people are saying things about you or if people have an opinion and they express it to you they have every right it's just how you absorb it and how you take that in and at the end of the day first and foremost you're not boring if you don't drink alcohol but Mm -hmm. people that make comments like that I don't have time for that like I I don't want to surround myself with people that are rude and just it's completely inconsiderate of someone's life decisions and 
it was like such a clarity moment for me to be like, I don't have to surround myself with people that make me feel like shit. So yeah. why, why do that? First and foremost, you are not boring also. <laughs> Hundred percent. I feel and- like I've just gotten to this point where I'm just like, let them think whatever the fuck they want to think. Like, that's your business. My business is my own truth and what I know to be my truth. And you, as long as you stay anchored in your own truth of like, you know how your life feels when you're drinking and you know how your life feels when you're sober. And it doesn't matter how it looks to anyone else. It matters how it makes you feel. And like I definitely, by the way, can relate to this. It's hard. It's hard for – it's hard for other people to – it is a it's a shift. It's a shift in your relationships when drinking is something that you did together. So I get that. That being said, it's just about explaining – like – being honest with them, but then evaluating if they're really going to actually be disrespectful of it and disrespectful of you. Obviously, those are friendships that maybe you don't need in your life going forward. If it's someone who's a lot closer to you in your life that you can't let that that relationship go, then that's something to work through with them and to be honest with them. But also, you don't need to prove anything to anyone. You don't need to prove that you're still fun. That was something I really felt at first. I felt desperate to prove that I was still fun. Like if I went out and I was having an off night, I would spiral and be like, oh my God, they're going to think I'm so lame now because I don't drink and I wasn't that fun tonight. And it's like, you don't have to prove it to them. Enjoy your life. And that's like, it's all you can do. Yes. Love those words. And when you put that energy out there, you're also going to pull in people that have similar mindsets and live similar lifestyles. I mean, look at us. You and I have come together because of what we're putting out in the world. Mm -hmm. And we have, we share the same values. We live similar lifestyles and we've gained such a great friendship because of that. And how beautiful is that? It's just so, it's just so beautiful. And it really, it makes me sad because I've been there and I've, Mm -hmm. I've been in that, in that worry of what people are going to think. And so I totally get it. And it, it gets easier. It really does get easier to to worry less about what other people think or what other people say. And I think sometimes if they're people worth still having in your life, maybe sometimes it just takes them some time to come around as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, stay anchored and yeah. you know what the truth of it is. Regardless of what anyone else thinks, you know, you know your truth and that's that's all that matters. That's your business. Their reaction is their business. So true. And and like you said, if it's someone that's super close with you or a very important person in your life, have the conversation with them and and mm-hmm. maybe just chat about what sobriety means to you so they really understand that it's important to you. I'm not saying just like mm-hmm. ditch everybody in your life that that doubts you. Yeah. Either. Like you have to have those those tough conversations with people. I'm just like, you know, everybody has a different view on sobriety, I, I find. And, and sometimes having conversations like this, openly discussing it makes things easier for everyone to understand. For sure. Not everyone gets it. Okay, I, I'll pull the next one. Yeah. Okay. How to deal with people who don't believe you have a drinking problem. This was a big one for me. Did you encounter this? I have encountered it where people didn't think that it was that big of a deal that I was just like Mm. going through a party girl phase. But I don't think that a lot of people realize what was going on underneath and for so long, which isn't something that I shared. I shared a lot about my depression. Mm. But yeah, 
it's again, it's having a conversation and being open about it, uh, I think is, is the first step in, in clearing the air and making, you know, having those tough conversations. What about you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it was definitely something that I encountered, um, that like I shared in the last episode that kind of got in my head and made, made me question my own decision. Um, I think honestly, if they're thinking you don't have a problem, that's that's even an opportunity to open up the conversation that like it's kind of irrelevant whether or not you have a quote unquote problem. What what's driving your decision to to get sober is obviously because alcohol is impacting you in a way that you don't want to deal with anymore. Whether it's because it's bringing down your mental health or whatever the reason is, whether or not you fit the definition of a problem to them, or even to yourself, you're here for a reason and you've made this decision for a reason. And maybe that's the perfect opportunity to say that to them. Like, well, maybe you don't think I had a problem, but this is how alcohol impacted me. So it's a problem enough for me that I need to do this for myself and I'm doing what's best for myself. And people should be able to support that regardless of what their opinion is. And I think oftentimes Amen. the people who struggle with it most is because – they have their own problematic relationship with alcohol and then seeing someone who maybe even drinks similar to to how they drink makes them panic like oh my god what does that say about me what does that say about my drinking like i think everyone who reacts weirdly is kind of spiraling in response internally that's what i was gonna say i agree with that yeah i think a lot of the time the people that doubt it or the people that question it are the ones that maybe have concerns about their own drinking mm -hmm. lifestyle yeah and again, having the conversations, being open, I know they can be really tough to have. I still have a hard time chatting about being alcohol free, for instance, with my with my work that I've, I'm leaving next week. But I even have a difficult time sharing it with coworkers that like I live mm -hmm. an alcohol free lifestyle because I mean, that's a different place too. you're in a work setting, but yeah. it is a big part of who I am. But sometimes having those conversations can be difficult. But the more casual it is, the more like, hey, this is normal. This is me. I'm alcohol free. It doesn't have to be like a super serious thing. It's just, Hey, I live this great lifestyle and it doesn't include booze. It should be easier to share, but I understand mm -hmm. that it's not. I mean, I still mm -hmm. have those, those feelings. So yeah, both of us share online about our sobriety every day. But then when it comes to like being out in the world and having a random person be like, Oh, you don't drink? Why? That's like a hard question to figure out how to answer in like a casual, short, brief way when it's like, it's so deep, obviously, there's so much to it. There's so many factors. So it, it's it's a hard conversation to navigate for sure. That's true. Um, Depends on how deep you want to go with yeah. that person. Right? Okay. I have strong opinions about this one. I'm eating tons of okay. sugar. I'm five weeks sober. I'm five weeks sober. Any advice? And is this a thing? Eat the damn sugar. That's my strong opinion on this one. Like, I am so, like, be freaking easy on yourself. You've just cut out booze. That's a freaking hard thing to do. And the last thing that we need on top of that is to impose guilt on ourselves about eating lots of ice cream or eating, like, if it keeps you sober, that's okay. Like, don't beat yourself up. I did it. I ate ice cream, like, every night when I quit drinking. And I just feel like that's something like be gentle with yourself one freaking thing at a time. If eating de dessert – I still eat dessert like every day. If eating dessert helps you stay sober, do it. <laughs> that's how I feel. I feel really strongly about that. 
I agree with everything you said. So I, I, when I say that I hibernated and I was easy on myself in my first six months of sobriety, what that means was I was on the couch and I was eating foods that aren't necessarily good for your body and being easy on myself about it because Mm -hmm. my number one goal was to not drink alcohol. So I didn't want to have those other worries. Personally, I try to live a very healthy lifestyle, as especially now that I'm further into my sobriety. I try to make decisions that are going to be good for my body and nourishing mm-hmm. for my body. But that doesn't mean that I cut out these things forever. But I did notice that in the first six, well, yeah, first six months, like my sugar intake was high. And now I make, I definitely have a different relationship with sugar now, personally, mm-hmm. and I'm doing Sober October which is no sugar October for myself. That's my, my challenge for the month. But you could not um, again, enough. be easy on yourself. <laughs> like <laughs> be easy on yourself. It's the, you know, post, you're, you're sober. And that's so hard with my coffee. Thank you. <laughs> oh my God. I love it. But, yeah. Chocolate's the most, the toughest one. Oh my God. Yeah. But I will say also just to validate, like this is normal. It's it actually like physically, your you your body craves sugar because there's a lot of sugar in alcohol and then when you remove that that's why people get these crazy sugar cravings is is actually like physically because you're used to it from from the booze and now you don't have that lean into it i like uh, if it's something you want yeah. to evaluate later on by all means but if it's keeping you sober she said she's 5 weeks i think oh my god just yeah just eat the sugar you you you're doing something hard yeah yeah that's how I feel. Yeah, agreed. 100%. <laughs> What's next? 100%. Okay, next question. Do either of you go to AA? I personally have never been to a meeting for myself. I think AA is great and it works for a lot of people. It just wasn't something that I utilized in my my sobriety. I've been to meetings to celebrate a loved one and their cake. Uh, so I think it's great and it's really a nice nice environment to be in with everybody you know, with the same goal in mind. But it's not something that I... Did I didn't go to any groups or, or anything really? Instagram, sober Instagram's my my um community. Yeah. What I, about you? I also never went to AA. I have um both my parents though. AA got them sober. Uh my mom years ago and when she was twenty one. Um if I had a dime for every time I've said that on this podcast at this point. <laughs> Um, and my dad, (laughs) (laughs) my dad, uh, seven years ago got sober from AA. Um, he was in and out of rehab for, for years for most of my life. And, uh, and, and AA is what made it stick for him eventually. So I personally, it wasn't, I did do, um, sobriety support groups. AA just personally wasn't what I did, but I do have, like it has, AA has a special place in my heart because it, it got my, my parents sober and, I think um, I think it's interesting because for so long AA was all that there was, and I think it's so powerful because what what it is is a community, um, and mm-hmm. I'm sure that if now we didn't have all the other options and resources that we have now, like the sober Instagram community and like all the different groups and everything, I'm sure I would have gone because. I think that is such a key thing that keeps you sober is having a community and having people who you can talk to who get it um, and who you can relate to and you can be accountability buddy uh, accountability buddies um, is really important. So I think, yeah, I think anything, anything that works for anyone is amazing. 
is great. We all have the one goal of removing booze, right? It's yeah. however you decide to do however it. You there's do so it. many resources and yeah. so many options out there for people nowadays. It's so amazing. It is so yeah. amazing. And you're right. AA was the only thing at one point. And it's such a power. I keep saying powerful today, but it's such a powerful group. And it's, it's so word, amazing. Though, especially in that- this conversation. It is a great word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So yeah, all the, all the, again, power to, to people that go or to people that choose another route. It's, it's what works best for you. And we got to keep remembering that. And we're all in the same, yeah, we're all in the same uh, world of bettering our lives by removing booze at yeah. the end of the day. That's what it 100%. is. Percent. I did go to my dad's five-year medallion for AA. That's the only time. That's I've amazing. So do they call it, yeah, yeah. do they call it? A medallion because here they call it a cake so i've been to um a loved one's sixth cake fifth cake and fourth cake oh i've only heard like medallion yeah. but for like i think for signet like for, for your one year your five year your 10 year i think it works that way so maybe the cake is like oh you get a you get the coin yeah oh interesting okay what next i'm trying to find a specific one. Oh, here a long-term partner who drinks excessively. I'm newly sober and he's not happy about it. This is so tough. This is a tough one. Yeah, because it really is, like I feel like I didn't have this with a, a partner, like a significant other, but I feel like some of my closest drinking buddies, um, it definitely felt that way. I I I had so much guilt. Like I felt like I was like abandoning them and in, in something that we had bonded over. And I think it's 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 normal for that to be an adjustment in the relationship. Um, it is changing. It does it does change the dynamics. And if 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 it's a partner who drinks quote excessively, that implies to me that maybe that person's drinking is problematic, um, which would definitely play into why they're not happy about it. And I think. The two, the two things are if you struggle to be around their drinking, giving yourself permission to remove yourself from it if you need to. Step away if you need to if you can't be around it. And then also just you're not responsible for how it makes them feel. That's theirs to work through. And you can't take that on. You're already doing an incredibly hard thing by getting sober. And that's, that is your responsibility and how your partner feels about it is your partner's responsibility and it's theirs to work through. And I know that's so much easier said than done. And it's such a tough situation. Yes. I think you said it best. It's hard to provide advice to a situation that uh, I haven't personally been in, but I would say again, to echo what Em said, you're doing this for you and you really have to focus on that and yourself and the situation first and foremost, because you're doing something really, really healthy and really good for you. And it mm-hmm. isn't something that you can, you can't control other people's reactions and the way other people feel. I would say that again, communication is such a strong, such a strong aspect of any relationship. And if you're able to work through it and chat through it together, that's amazing. If you need to get support with a therapist or another unbiased person in the room to help guide those conversations, then I'm all for that. Therapy and counseling in any situation can be so incredibly helpful. And Mm -hmm. I know it's sometimes a scary thing to look to because it, for some, it makes them feel like, okay, we have a problem 
and it's bigger than this. But at the end of the day, it's just someone sitting in the same room as you guiding you through a conversation that is difficult to have with one another. It doesn't mean it's the end all of the relationship. Mm-hmm. It's that's a tough one. That's a really tough one. And I really feel for you. I think yeah. that it just takes it a day by day and and being easy on both of you because you're both going through something major. It is a big change. Yeah, it's a it is a change for other people in our lives when we do it. If there's someone who we drink with, a hundred percent. It is. It is. I I somewhat feel like that previous version of me has been like put to rest. That chapter has closed, and that person that I was is someone that my friends don't see anymore, and that the people that I used to party with and live that lifestyle with don't see that version of me anymore, and. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's a bittersweet thing. Like it's bitter because that was you for so long, but now look at who you are now. Like you're someone, you're someone pretty dang special. So um, a better version I'm rooting for you. Yeah. 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 What is next tips on what to do when you feel tempted to drink at a social event? Okay. This is where playing the tape forward to me is everything and get centered On that before the social event, I would say. Like really get yourself centered before you go on – on like really connect to your why. Connect to why you don't want to drink. And I think have have an accountability buddy, whether that's someone who's there or if that's someone who – like if you have someone who's supporting you on this or who you at least can kind of talk to about this, maybe if they're not going to be there, send them a message and be like, can you be my accountability tonight if I text you and I'm struggling to to be a cheerleader? So yeah, I think play the freaking tape forward. How are you going to feel at this social event later at the end of the night? How are you going to feel tomorrow if you don't drink? And how are you going to feel if you do? And which one do you want for yourself? Yes. Absolutely. And if you are feeling tempted at at the social event, step away for a sec, go outside, yeah. go to the bathroom, just step outside of that environment, give yourself a one over. I just like to stand and breathe in and breathe out and just feel every emotion in your body and work through that. For even five, 10 minutes, you can step away and have a moment, call a loved one. I was always calling my mom, which I've mentioned before, and I know you were too, Em, but having that moment to step back and away from the temptation is very helpful for myself, at least to walk back into that room and go, okay, I'm back and go to the bar and get something alcohol free to have in your hand. Having a drink in my hand is key in those, in those situations, because I mean, even still as a sober person, I still feel a little bit awkward. Like, what do I do with my hands? So oh my I God, like to I have always something. have a drink in my hand. If it's a freaking water, yeah. <laughs> the water, have a drink in your hand. That's huge. Yes. Yes. Same, same always. And it's funny because when I drank, I always had a drink in my hand too, and I'd be drinking it <laughs> and I would just get way too intoxicated at these events. So it's so nice to know now that I can still have that drink in my hand and it's not going to make me cry later in the night or feel terrible regret or shame yeah uh, and alcohol-free drinks are so good yeah stay stay really connected to that um you're gonna feel so proud afterwards too especially if it's a challenging one and then you survive it then you get to wake up feeling yeah. so proud and being like oh my god i don't have to worry about being a drunk mess last night how nice is that and also i will say i 
I worked in the film industry and our rap parties were wild. Like mm. uh, everyone got shit faced, you know, everyone, it, I mean, not everyone, but I did <laughs> for sure. And even though people let go and like, you know, act in these, in these crazy ways at any sort of celebration or party at the end of the day, it is still a work event. So in all of those situations, I was making myself look pretty unprofessional, even if it's a party setting, it's put on by your work, right? right. So here I am like dancing and behaving like a <laughs> absolute, <laughs> oh man, so embarrassing to think back on. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's a, it's a work event. So that's something too that I find helpful in reminding myself, you're going to wake up the next day feeling like super proud of the person you represented to the people that you work with. And there is a sense of respect there. So true. Okay. Um, Tips for coping with negative emotions instead of booze. Yes. I, and this is something that I didn't say in our last episode. I don't know why I forgot about it, but my negative emotions can get the best of me. And what I found so helpful in early sobriety is spin class and getting my frustrations out on the bike or doing something super physical that got my endorphins running and really really brought me to this great place mentally and got rid of that negative feeling was so helpful for me. Like sometimes I go to two classes in a day because it just made me feel so good. And I was able to actually cry in those environments because it was dark and everybody was like spinning and loud music. So that was super helpful for me, but also just being easy on yourself and breathing through those, those emotions and letting yourself cry let your body do its thing and just let it be and mm-hmm. and let the let those feelings pass i found just still to this day very very helpful yeah what about you i em? agree i agree like let yourself feel it it's okay i think we drink a lot of the time to escape things and realizing that we can survive our feelings and they're always going to pass and a feeling's not going to last forever um so it's okay to just sit sit with that feeling or there are other things you can do to if you if you want a distraction oh my god binge watch a show like you there are Mm -hmm. other ways to like quote unquote kind of numb out if you're upset or I love I love going for a drive and listening to music I love I love to freaking talk about my feelings so whether I to call my mom or my sisters or text my friends freaking vent if you need to get it out journal it there are so many things you can do other than booze. And something that really helped me to remember was that like when you're drinking, having a drink to like get out of your head about a negative emotion feels like you're just kind of like it feels like you're kind of hitting the easy button and just shutting it off and quieting those voices. But all it does is magnify it tomorrow. You're going to wake up and those feelings are still going to be there and you're going to feel worse because you drank last night. So even just remembering that you can get through it. We can do hard things. Glennon Doyle quote. Um, uh, yes, Glennon. Yeah, is it, that's super important. Agreed. Especially, especially just letting our bodies do what they're they're meant to do in those moments. What our bodies are meant to do, just let it go and let, let us do that. Because drinking at the end of the day is just going to make things so much more difficult in the long yeah. run. It really, it really is the easy button, but it's not easy. It's like. It's making things so tough. So you got this. The negative emotions is something I still deal with. I still have moments of feeling very negative and I try to 
remain as positive as possible, but they, it happens. And it's life. Oh, I just have to step away. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah. It's not gonna be perfect all the time. And that's okay. Like I said earlier, I really remember being like, oh my God, I have so many feelings. I just have to feel these all the time. Like what the hell? And that was like, so daunting to me. But now it just, that's just life. And it doesn't like occur to me even like when I'm having a stressful day or this, like things that used to make me just be like, oh my God, I need a glass of wine immediately. Like that's not a thought anymore. So I do think that it just takes time to get used to, to coping with things without booze. You have to get used to your feeling everything again because you're not used to it when you're a regular drinker. Yep. I I start to think of it as such a beautiful thing because it really is what our bodies are, are intended to do. So Mm. yeah. You got this. Okay, next one. Okay, we're almost through them. Newly sober curious advice. How to continue sober days into the weekend. I have no problem not drinking Monday through Thursday, even some Sundays, but Friday hits and I want wine, even though I physically feel so much better when I don't drink. I feel like because I started off with being sober curious as well, and I just feel like First of all, just to acknowledge to you, of course you want to drink on a Friday. Like that's okay that you want to. It would be weird if you didn't want to. That's what we're used to doing. So of course when Friday hits, you're going to want that drink because that's that's what we do. That's been your habit. That's been what you've been doing all along. So even just for me accepting that I was going to have to feel that feeling of wanting a drink was big because it seems so obvious, but when especially when you're kind of in the early stages of trying out trying it out or if you're sober curious like um I found that when that feeling of really really wanting one would come then I would have one and then eventually I was kind of like well if I'm gonna really make a change then that's a feeling I'm gonna have to learn to tolerate so I think maybe you want a drink but connect to why you don't want a drink why don't you want to drink? Because you're here. The reason that you're doing this is because ultimately you don't want to drink or you want to drink less. So connect to why you don't want to do it because all you need, no matter how badly we want to drink, all we need is just to want to not want to drink a little bit more than how much we want to drink. So really stay connected to why you don't want one. Well said, Em. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's funny. Hey, Friday's hit, the weekend's hit. Mm-hmm. And like the mentality is just like, yeah, let's go. Let's let's let loose. Let's rage. And it's just getting used to not doing that. It is a habit that for myself, at least I had to unlearn because that's what I did every weekend for years and years. It was just, that's all I knew. So you're teaching yourself that, Hey, this isn't the only way to enjoy a weekend. And as soon as you know that, and you start to experience it that way multiple times, and then it gets easier and easier and more enjoyable. And you start to find beauty in the smallest things in the weekend that you never notice before. Like I love Saturday and Sunday mornings. I love the peace and quiet and being able to just sit with a cup of coffee. Whereas back in the day, I'd probably still be up at that time. And it was Mm -hmm. a gross feeling. And I hated seeing the light after like a a night and it was getting light out. That made me feel icky. And yeah. now I can sit and be like, I've had a restful sleep and I'm enjoying this light because I'm doing something good for my body and good for my mind. And I, I love it. It's just a total mindset shift and something that you will get used to. It's hard in the beginning. It really is, but it yeah. does get easier. And also if it's the ritual for you, 
there are so many alcohol-free options out yeah. there. So if it's literally just having a glass of wine, have a glass of something alcohol-free and just start to make that shift and start to feel the changes of not getting that that intoxication on a Friday and start to, you know, slowly but surely you'll get you'll get used to that change. And it's yeah. so good. It is so good. I love sobriety and alcohol living. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Oh my gosh. Okay. I think we have time for one more. Do we one have time for more. two okay. more? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Did you experience any physical withdrawal symptoms, headache, anxiety, night sweats? Yeah. And I kind of forgot about this until I until I read this question earlier today and I was thinking about it. Um, I had a lot of exhaustion which I didn't know at the time was actually a thing. I remember in the last episode, I was talking about physical changes and and feeling like I had more energy and that that came later because I really felt exhausted. I just felt physically exhausted. I would sleep. I I was finally getting enough sleep, but I would just wake up and I felt so freaking tired all the time for the first while. That was a big one, a big one for me that, that I noticed. What about you? I would say the same. I was very tired in the first couple months. Again, it was very mellow, horizontal, couch bound couple of months with a lot of sleep. I also use sleep to escape all the negative thoughts as well. I'd have naps mm-hmm. and I'm not a napper generally. So I didn't experience night sweats per se. I actually did. Um, I did have some night sweats. Did you? I did. Yeah. When I quit drinking. Wow. It's interesting, hey? It, it really makes you see how much it actually affected you, even if you weren't drinking it like 24-7, you know? Yeah. It's not like you had it, but it- It's almost yeah, like you dissociate social... that with being like super physically dependent, which I wasn't. I was very mentally dependent for sure. But at that point, I want to say before I quit, I was probably drinking like five days a week. So yeah, yeah, that was that was something that I had was night sweats. Wow. Yeah, the, the withdrawal symptoms. It's funny because- I, the symptoms that I might have experienced, I didn't necessarily correlate with me removing alcohol from my system. But now that I look back, I'm like, probably that's what it was. Also, just a completely different um, lifestyle shift all of a sudden. So your body's just kind of in shock. Like, yeah, why aren't you out and doing these things that you normally do? Why aren't you poisoning um, me? But it's definitely. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I miss that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Uh, So funny. But yeah, I think those things are normal. If you're experiencing them, it's your body just processing and and getting used to this new change. And I'm sure it's Mm -hmm. like, yes, finally, we're really, we're really happy that you're doing this. Me, your whole body is. (laughs) We, your body. (laughs) Yeah, right. Okay. Okay. We'll do one more question, which is what's in your sober toolbox? Well, let me tell you, I have a couple things in my sober toolbox. First and foremost is rest. I, I give myself rest and um, relaxation. And I, yeah, I sleep a lot. I, especially in the beginning, I just let my body sleep a lot. I also, again, mentioned earlier, uh, spin. Exercise was huge for me. I honestly feel like, and I don't think I've expressed this enough, that while I didn't go to any typical sobriety related support groups, I felt that spin was that for me, even though nobody else there knew that I was newly sober for me mentally in that room, it felt like 
such a integral part of my, my sobriety in the beginning, because it was somewhere that I went and I just let go. And it felt like I was in a club almost too. So I was still kind of in those same settings Mm -hmm. and I was able to cry and I was able to scream music and think and really think about these decisions that I'd made. And I I just found it so helpful. Sleep and spin. The third S I will say is support with friends and family and having those conversations with them was, is, and, and was very, very big for me. It's funny the the typical sobriety toolkit things that a lot of people would have in there is like reading or journaling or you know all these things aren't necessarily in mine although I I do know that they're very helpful. What about you, Em? Um sober toolkit Quitlet was a massive one for me for sure, reading lots of reading a lot. I read a lot in my early sobriety. So that was a big one. Um community like just for me, I mean, I, I had the sober support groups that I went to early on. I had my mom who I guess is, is, is like, I guess my unofficial sponsor, I could call her. Um, and, (laughs) (laughs) and, um, but community sober Instagram, I got on it really quickly and it kept me accountable and made me connect with other people who are going through the same thing. Hello, like you. <laughs> um, and um, even even kind of like sharing on, on social media every day, it's like a sort of kind of journaling I'm doing every day, right, um, on there. So that's a big one for sure. Those were my main kind of tools. Yeah, just like even like music is a big one for me. I play guitar. I play keyboards. I spend a lot of time doing that. Even go, I would go for a drive to listen to music. Um, just like doing things for yourself, even like something I would always do in early sobriety is I would light candles and then have an alcohol free drink. And it was about obviously the ritual, but it was also just about like doing something that felt nice for myself. Even like doing something cliche, like doing more face masks, doing more self-care, like just trying to like have sort of like quality time with yourself was a big one for me. Just like, oh my God, be so easy on yourself in the early days. Do nice things for yourself and and treat yourself. Yeah, literally as long as you didn't drink today, you've done enough. Absolutely. Absolutely. The Just the kindness to yourself and the love and the uh, – it's it's super important. Think it's quote time yeah. now. What yeah, you let's got? do it. Okay. Owning our story and loving ourselves through that process is the bravest thing that we will ever do. Brene Brown. Love that quote. Love Brene Brown. So good. Me too. I think it's well, she says it best. Yeah. Enough said. That That's <laughs> the perfect place to leave off. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for the questions. We'll have to do more of these uh, episodes for sure. Yeah, this was so fun. I loved it. Thank you, everybody. (laughs) Talk to you next week. Bye.